This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Welcome to Saturday and welcome to good news. More clean tests as far as COVID-19 for the Tennessee Titans. So on this Saturday, the Titans will reopen St. Thomas Sports Park and will gather to practice getting ready for a Tuesday evening game with Buffalo. I'm Mike Keith. Amy Wells is on the horn as well. And um, it was so nice to awaken this morning and uh, over a sixth cup of coffee, waiting and waiting and waiting. Lucy did not pull the football away from Charlie Brown. We got the good news, and the Titans are moving forward with football activities. Absolutely. It was great news to wake up to. Have you really had six cups of coffee this morning? I was up very early wow. um, and and was just awaiting it. I, I, I set my alarm, but at the same time, I knew that I, and I woke up two hours before my alarm because, honestly, just waiting, uh, hopeful that we would get this news, that we could get back at it, and that the game on Tuesday with Buffalo would happen. So, yeah. It's true. Six well, cups of coffee. I mean, that's very impressive, Mike. I, too, have been anticipating this moment for a long time, but I was too lazy to even make coffee this morning. There's Mountain Dew in my mug right now. <laughs> so, I mean, proud of you for being a good go-getter on a Saturday morning, but it's exciting nonetheless. It's exciting nonetheless. So here's what we know. The Titans will gather for a short practice today. They will obviously be able to do some sort of practice tomorrow and then do some sort of walkthrough on Monday. The game is at 7 Eastern, 6 Central on Tuesday. The game will be nationally televised by CBS. Tom McCarthy and Jay Feely will have the call. Tom McCarthy is a very good announcer, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, CBS has uh, got a crew in here. They're going to be doing the game, it'll be national. You'll be able to hear it on Titans Radio. Titans Countdown begins at 5 Central for the 6 o'clock Central time kickoff. In Nashville, our flagship station, 104.5 The Zone, will start their coverage at 4 o'clock. So that's what's going to happen towards Tuesday. The other thing we're waiting for today, Amy, is we're looking forward to what will be the final, the final actual actual injury report leading into this game. And it's been very strange because the Titans have had to put out a virtual injury report uh, due to the fact that they have obviously not practiced to this point. So for Wednesday, they listed Malcolm Butler, Jadevian Clowney, Darrington Evans, Chris Jackson, and Taylor Lewan as estimated full participants. The only person who was limited was A.J. Brown. The last two days, the estimation has been that he would be limited and that all of those guys were full participants. The good news in, in that, even though it is just estimated and we'll get the final injury report today, is that Taylor Lewan and Chris Jackson would appear to be tracking towards playing Tuesday night against Buffalo. Absolutely. You have to think with those estimated injury reports that they're going with what would happen. And the idea is these guys haven't actually been doing that work. So it's that much more rest 
So ultimately, it's a great sign for the Titans. It's a very good sign. And again, the final injury report comes out today. That doesn't mean somebody can't be downgraded. That doesn't mean that things can't change. But the Titans are going to need all hands on deck against the Buffalo Bills because the Buffalo Bills will be a rested and very healthy team coming into Nashville for this ball game on Tuesday evening. The Titans right now, and, and this will be the next thing we'll start to see, is who comes back on the COVID list, on the COVID-19 reserve. In the secondary, Christian Fulton is on that list, along with practice squad defensive backs, Breon Borders and Greg Maben. At outside linebacker, Kamale Correa is on the uh, COVID list. And in the defensive line, Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons. A big issue for the Titans in terms of personnel groupings would be that Kari Blassengame, the fullback, is on the COVID list. And now Michael Pruitt, the latest addition to the COVID list, which would seem to be an indication he won't be back for Tuesday night. Well, if Blassengame's out, Amy, you would figure that Pruitt would be the one to play that fullback or to play that H. So that's a double whammy for the Titans. Right, and uh, the Titans are going to need all the help they can get, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing in practice the next couple of days. Okay, and so at receiver, Adam Humphreys is on the COVID reserve, as is Corey Davis and Cameron Batson, who's a practice squad player, but we know Batson has played with the Titans and has been called up to the active roster at different points. And then also waiting to see on Bo Brinkley. So the, the, the Titans, if you look at the real injury report counting COVID, the Titans are hard hit right now. So who comes back from injury? Do they get a Dory Jackson back from the IR? Is he able to do something? Does Dane Cruikshank come back from the IR? Is, is he able to help the ball club right now? Um, Safety's not really a problem, but he certainly is a very good special teams player. I think the question is, what is the path to 48? 48 active men at 6 o'clock Central on Tuesday night. The other part of it, too, is, so you play Tuesday night. That means Wednesday is Monday. Thursday is Tuesday. And then Friday is your, your Wednesday practice 48 hours before the game. In essence, in terms of preparation, it's like the Titans are playing back-to-back -back Thursday night games in terms of being able to get ready for Buffalo, and then they'll have to turn around and get ready for Houston. So my question, Amy, is how careful do John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have to be knowing that somebody who plays Tuesday night may not be able to come back and play on Sunday if they were to get a little dinged up or they were to be sore. Somebody might get hurt in the game Tuesday night, and then you've got depth problems for Sunday. How do they handle both games in five days? Well, Mike Keith, I was thinking that you would bring this up because that is an interesting puzzle and in making sure that 
okay, obviously you want to win both games. Like that, that's what everybody is trying to do. Houston's a division rival though, but Buffalo's a very good game. You know, they're undefeated and that's obviously a big contest. So you're thinking about that. Of course, you're thinking about the quick turnaround. So do you play a guy who's maybe 85% this week or do you hold him and hope that he's closer to 100% the next week? But you also have to think about time is going to be a big factor for the Tennessee Titans right now because as long as everyone is staying healthy and continuing to become healthy, players are going to start to come off of that COVID list as time passes and more negative tests happen. So we're slowly going to start to see, I mean, good gravy, Mike, we've been doing this for a while. So days have passed. Guys have had time to start healing. So hopefully as more negative tests start to pile on top of each other and more time passes and guys are able to get their bodies back on track and really be healthy and come back, we're going to start to see our roster numbers continue to grow. So, yeah, this is a very interesting time for the Tennessee Titans. This is uh, a lot of moving parts and puzzle pieces. And I think ultimately we've just got to make sure that we've got 11 guys on the field <laughs> every time we go out there. But let's just talk good news. This is good news that the Titans are going back into St. Thomas Sports Park for the first time since everything hit a week ago Tuesday. So what is that, 11 days? Yeah. They have not, they have not been in the facility to practice as a team since before the Minnesota game. They have not had a chance to access the facility since a week ago Monday, uh, and they, they shut it all down on Tuesday as the outbreak hit. What we do know as well is there actually going to be fans at these three games. For Buffalo Tuesday night, 8,200 fans. For Houston on Sunday, 9,800 fans. And then for Pittsburgh, it looks like the number is just under 14,000 fans. Under the safe stadium plan, uh, the Titans, you know, going to require you to wear a mask at all times. If you're a season ticket member, you got a complimentary mask in the mail. So you want to wear that one or another one? Great. But you got to wear a mask. Tickets and parking are fully mobile. So you're going to want to make sure you've downloaded the Titans mobile app and add your parking pass and your tickets to your mobile wallet for faster entry. Turnstiles have been added at the gates. You'll self-scan your tickets for a contactless experience. And then what they're asking you to do too, Amy, is if you're going to the restroom or you're going to the concession stand, maintain social distance. Be cognizant of the people around you. Be considerate of the people around you. It's going to be good to have fans back in the stands for these ball games, which begin Tuesday at 6 against Buffalo. Oh, gosh, Mike, as someone who spends my entire game experience in the stands kind of by myself, it's going to be great to have people around finally to look around a stadium and to hear interaction and to see humans. It's going to be great. I'm so excited, but you're absolutely right in highlighting all of those safe stadium things that the Titans have done. I mean, almost everything that you can do is contactless now, um, which is great down to concessions being individually packed so that there's not a lot of messing with condiments and things like that. Everything is individually packed and safe. Um, so excited to get people back and to just be able to celebrate these Titans victories with Titans fans. There you go. All right. So 
that's what we know as of Saturday, October, what is it, the 10th. Um, as of this time, the Titans are headed back to St. Thomas Sports Park. We always do a post-buy review. We did not expect to buy this early, Amy. Nope. But we got with Dave McGinnis, and we got with Jonathan Hutton, and we went over some specific things just as we would do in a normal year coming off of the buy trying to sort of look at this 3-0 and team. And right now, it, it's almost like people have forgotten some of this because it seems like so long ago that the Titans actually played a football game. Yep, it feels like a while, but the Tennessee Titans are still 3-0. and As we sit right now, this team has not lost a football game, so there's a lot of really good stuff about this team to talk about and break down. So it was a lot of fun to do it with uh, Jonathan and Coach Matt. Let's start with Coach Mack. Titans are still 3-0. and What did Mike Vrabel do that impressed you in the month of September to get the Titans to 3-0? and Steady hand on the wheel. You know, starting with the preseason, a lot of different things. We were behind in every football game that we've played so far. Steady hand on the wheel, no panic. When there's no panic at the top, there's no panic throughout. And you could see that. Mike Vrabel has a very good grasp of what this football team is who this football team is, and what they need. And what they needed the first three weeks, steady hand on the wheel. Jonathan, what has surprised you the most about the Titans' 3-0 start? I think it's the fact that there hasn't been a formula that I would have predicted that has them 3-0. Derrick Henry's not running for a boatload of yards. He's getting the job done and doing it well, but not to the extent we saw in the postseason. They're not very good consistently on third down. And that goes for defense, offense, you name it. And Coach Mack just mentioned it. They're, they're trailing in games. They're not running with the lead or have the lead where they can run clock in the four-minute offense. They're doing it the non-traditional Titans way. And I think that's what's most surprising because once they do crank up and get going, the sky's the limit for this group. Yeah, there's room for improvement on this football team. All right, so Jonathan, you've been with Titans Radio for 15 years now. Does that make you feel old? A little bit. Okay. But before <laughs> that, you were at MTSU, and before that, you grew up in McMendel. Yep. So you've seen the whole 20-plus years of the Titans. Do you ever remember a story like the Steven Goskowski story from Denver to Minnesota? If I don't remember it, you will. But no, I don't. I mean, he misses his first four kicks in Denver, handles the postgame like a pro we had just been through last season where luckily they didn't have to make a field goal until Kansas City, which is remarkable. Uh, and, and you knew the history of this team and, and what the, the hump they were trying to get over and the success rate that they have had with kickers here in the past. And Goskowski, after missing four, hits the game winner, field goal game against Jacksonville, and then hits six kicks on the road in Minnesota, including a 55-yarder for the win. I haven't seen anything like it. So after missing his first four kicks, he's the special teams player of the month for the first month of, of this Titan season. Crazy. Guy's never had a disaster in his entire career, and he has a disaster in his first game with the Titans, and then he's the hero in all three <laughs> games. It's amazing. He's the storyline. He's the best free agent acquisition to this point as we sit here today. Well, if we're talking about comeback players, he's been the comeback player yes. of the first quarter of this season. Ryan Tannehill was the actual comeback player of the year in 2019. Coach Mack, what has impressed you about the start of Ryan Tannehill's 2020 season? Non-pulsed. He's just, he's continued right where he was from last year. Ryan Tannehill is really not affected nor impressed by what he's doing and by what other people are saying. 
He's just playing quarterback. He, he's been a starting quarterback for a long time in his life. He understands what he has. And I love the way that he handles his football team. And the, the big thing, Amy, is this football team trusts him. And that's not something they just say. They firmly believe it. You can see it. He's earned that. That's, that's really, really important when your quarterback earns the respect of his team in all cases. A ton of play-action success. But they haven't completed many passes of 20 or more yards, just nine of those so far. So the big chunk plays, again, going back to that formula of being 3-0, and that was the formula of Tannehill when he took over last year that we haven't seen yet pushing the ball down the field, and he's still having success in those key moments because the composure is there. It's a complete package with him. All right, Jonathan Hutton, let's go to you now, and let's get into Derrick Henry a little bit. Team's been loading the box on Derrick Henry, and yet he's got – two 100-yard games. So are, are you surprised he's even been able to reach 100 twice this year with what opposing teams have been doing? You know, going into it, we knew they were going to stack the box. He faces the eight-man boxes quite a bit. He did last year and had a ton of success down the backstretch of the season. So that part doesn't surprise me. He gets yards after contact among the best in the league. But to me, Mike, the key is the volume of carries. That's the key in the numbers that he has right now. He's Starting off last year, there were games where he's having 13 carries, 17 carries. He is the go-to guy, even when they're down 12 points in Minnesota, the offense still uses Derrick Henry like they're up 12. And I think that's the key for Henry is the volume back is getting the carries in the second half, just like he would in the first, and that's leading to success on the ground. I think it also goes back to we talk about steady hand on the wheel. This is their formula. This is the horse that we're riding. This is really, really important because you cannot go away from your formula. You don't need to. And again, as I said, don't worry about the volume of carries right now. As Bum Phillips said, that ball's not real heavy. Just keep giving it to the big guy. Coach Mack is the guy who's been the surprise who is the least surprising. John U. Smith to this point? I don't think any of us are surprised, and, and Titans fans should not be surprised either. I mean, this guy's a good football player. If he doesn't hurt the knee on the 99-yard run against Jacksonville, I mean, he's on his way that season to really doing some things. You've got a big athlete that is a combat catcher, but also he can, he can, make, he can run the whole route tree. We have seen him in the end zone. He's a favorite target in the end zone for two reasons. He uncovers and he catches the ball. Jonu Smith is a really nice player. You're seeing these tight ends all across the league. If you're going to be successful in the National Football League today, you need one. He's ours. Now, here's another guy that may have flown under the radar with some Titans fans, Dennis Kelly. Coach Mack, how has he done at that right tackle's position so far this season? Solid. So solid, and we have not had to help him a bit. Arthur Smith in the three ball games has not chipped that way. He has not turned the line that way. He has done nothing to help him. Now that's important. That's as important to an offensive coordinator, Amy, not having to help your edges as it is to a defensive coordinator, not having to help your corners. When your edges are secure, both on defense and on offense, you've got nine other guys you can play with. That's huge. Dennis Kelly was the only newcoming starter this year for the Titans. They returned 10 guys. He's the only new one. The one who had the most question, though, was Corey Davis, Jonathan, a, a guy who did not have a spectacular year a year ago. We learned that he had a toe problem, and yet he battled through it. And here's Corey Davis, 15 catches for over 200 yards. What have you thought? He's been very good in his contract here, 15 catches on 19 targets. He's averaging two more yards per reception than he did last year, just going back to the, comparing the two players, if you will. I think a couple of things. First, he's more physical 
at the point of attack, attacking the football. He's winning the 50-50 balls his way, fighting for it. I like the aggressive style that Corey Davis is bringing to the football field through three wins. Also, I, I, he would admit this. He was very tough on himself over the last couple of years, and I think that comes with some of the pressure that's being the number five overall pick. He's not the number one guy. A.J. Brown is the number one receiver within this offense, and I think that alleviated some of the pressure there, and he's not being as hard on himself that leads to production on the field because I think he's more relaxed as a player. And personally, I like receivers in contract years. There's, I mean, he says he wants to put up numbers. So far, he's doing just that. What Corey Davis, though, brings, and what's so important to know, you know, let's talk some football here. Yeah. He's a Z receiver, <laughs> which means he can be in motion quite a bit. If people are going to stack the box, as we've talked about, putting eight people up there, that means you've got the middle of the field closed. That corner's by himself until Corey Davis gets to the middle of the field. He's a long strider. He can run away from guys that are tailpiping him across the middle. And you're right, Hutt. He's reaching out with his hands, and he's made some real collision catches. I'm not talking about contested catches. I'm talking about big-time catches where somebody hits him like a truck bumper as soon as he catches it, and he's hanging on. I like that. I'm glad that Coach Mack finally got us talking some football on this. That's right. I mean, and, it's about and mention, time. And mention truck bumper. <laughs> of course. Nissan will love that. It keeps getting better and better. Speaking of things that Coach Max likes, the defensive side of the ball – Jonathan, Kenny Vaccaro, is he the most underrated player so far this season? He's among them. I mean, he's played all of the 199 defensive snaps. He, he doesn't come off the field defensively. Uh, the Jacksonville game comes to mind. Ten solo tackles uh, where he, he has the fumble recovery in that game. A couple of pass breakups. He was all over the place. And Vaccaro is one of those players where he needs to make a big hit to get into rhythm. And he did that against Jacksonville. LaVishka Chenault took a carry. And I, I can't remember what the gain was. Mike, it was up four or five yards. And Vaccaro came up and laid the wood to him. And from that moment on, it just switched for him where he, he was the, one of the go-to players. And the other thing I really think uh, that he benefits from is playing next to Kevin Byer. They're interchangeable. And the versatility that this defense has as a tandem makes Vaccaro that much more valuable. Vaccaro's a heat-seeking missile. Yes. And when you call him that, he's like, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> so to your point, yeah. that's what he likes to do. When he lights somebody up early in a game, you know he's going to go. It's a good point. Coach Mack, we know that the Titans' defense needs to improve against the run. Fundamentally, what do they need to do to improve in that area? Yeah, just for you, Amy Wells, I love talking football with you. This is just for you. Right here. Uh, when, when, yeah, exactly. <laughs> When I'm breaking down my run defense, when I'm watching the tape after the game, it's easy to identify the problems because you get the end zone view. Everybody's there. I mean, it's live and in color. Here's the issues they've been having. They've been having fit issues from the second level with counter plays. When people run counter plays, they're always blocking down. And so your people that are setting your anchors or your edges inside, they have to force it a little wider. And then your second level people, whether they be linebackers or secondary people, they have to jump gaps and fit. What we've been having problems of, we're either not setting the edge, we're getting out of our gaps up front so that the guys coming behind have to stop. They don't know exactly where they're fitting or we've missed our fits and then we've missed tackles. You know, that ball game, you know, we've had one ball game where we've had double-digit missed tackles. You're never going to play good run defense with double-digit missed tackles. They can get all of that cleaned up. It's easy to identify. It's also easy to fix. Harold Landry, Jonathan, outside linebacker, does not have a sack yet. And yet, whenever something good has happened for this defense in 2020, he's been around. He's playing well. 
Do you get the idea he might explode? I'm waiting for it, yeah, because it, eventually he's going – all of that hard work going to pay off. He's around the quarterback too often for it not to. I, I think that it also is dependent on how much does Clowney come along within this defensive front. We expect him to do some big things down the stretch of the season here. I think Landry benefits from that. Uh, and, and also Beasley, because Beasley is interchangeable style-wise with what Landry does. I think there's a rhythm to his pass rush, and I also think Shane Bowen's onto something when he says less is more. Right now he's playing, playing 96% of the snaps due to the depth at the position. I, I hope that comes down a bit. Landry, I'm not saying he's out of shape. He, he's, he gets after it. I love his work ethic. But I, I do think a couple extra rest periods will benefit him, especially down November and December as we're talking. How has Jadavian Clowney fit so far, Coach, and what do you expect them to do with Clowney the rest of the way? Well, he's continuing to get into football shape. Let's be honest. I mean, you can push as many sleds around a gym as you want to. You can jump over all, all the balls and the bags you want to. You've got to get in football shape, and that's what he's doing right now. But when we've talked about the word disruptor with him, it, it is an adjective that describes him to a T. We've already seen that. Now, we've seen him wear down, too. Jonathan's talked about the number of snaps. He's played up into the 90% of snaps too and so when that starts to come down his productivity will start to come up but he uh, Mike Vrabel knows how to use him because he's already his first ball game he was on both edges he also stood up as a joker in the middle we're going to see a lot more out of him I mean I'm so happy he's on this team because as a former defensive coordinator when I have a piece like that that I can move around there are things I can do to create matchups that the opponent doesn't like I can't believe we've made it this long without talking about Brett Kern. Brett Kern has had such a great season. Coach Mack, what makes him so good at his job? He's a pro. He's all the way a pro. I was here on the coaching staff when we brought him in here from Denver, you know, and, and he learned from Craig Hendrick. But he studies his craft. I mean, it, he is like a golfer, a professional golfer, that immediately goes to the driving range after he gets through playing. I mean, that's, that's him. And he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what uh, is wrong or what is right. And this guy is one of the – he's got all the clubs in the bag. I mean, he can hit the 90-yard wedge. He can hit the bomb off the tee. He can place it where he wants to. I love Brett Kern, but he's a professional through and through. All right, I've got to ask this question, both of you. Jonathan, I'll start with you. Who is the player that you are most excited about seeing throughout the rest of the 2020 season? I'm going to name him so Coach Matt can't. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, hands down for me. I can't wait to see his athletic ability meet technique. We're already starting to see that. But, man, he was ragdolling some players up front against Minnesota. And now we're seeing him become a true star within this Titans defense. He will be the talk amongst the league by December with the way he's playing right now in September. Fantastic player, and now we get to see him become a true star within this lineup. Darrington Evans, I want to see this kid healthy. I want to see this kid healthy and, and, and into the offense mm -hmm. the way I know Arthur Smith wants to use him. There are so many ways that we can use this guy, and people are, are really keen on Derrick Henry right now. Well. What I want to see, I'd love to see both those guys in the game at the same time. Let a defensive coordinator try to match up against what we call 20 personnel, and then let's, I want to really see this kid put into the offense now when he's healthy, Amy. Special thanks to Coach Dave McGinnis and Jonathan Hutton for taking time with us to give us a post-by review of the Tennessee Titans. We remind you, you're listening to the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. 
Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of health care coverage. What we understand, too, is that the Buffalo Bills are really good. Yes. Really good. Yep. 4-0, and elite, one of the top passing teams in the NFL. Josh Allen threw for 288 yards last weekend in a win at Las Vegas. Prior to that game, if you had if you had said that was his first game of 2020, the 288 yards would have been the highest passing total of his entire career. But it's the lowest passing total of his 2020 season, which shows you how much this guy has improved from his first two years with the Buffalo Bills. But it's not just Josh Allen. It's a defense that makes things happen. It's additions in the passing game, specifically a big trade that they made in this offseason to improve their personnel. It's a good coaching staff. It's a really, really good team. And so Amy and I had a chance to get with Vic Carucci, one of the best in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about an all-time legend. He's with the Buffalo News. He's with Sirius XM NFL Radio. He covers the Bills. He knows this team. And he can spot... The real thing from a fake, I think what Vic Carucci knows right now is the Buffalo Bills are for real. I want to start off asking about some of the Bills offseason additions. Guys like Stephon Diggs and Josh Norman and Quentin Jefferson, how have they impacted their respective positions so far in 2020? Yeah, Amy, they've made a huge impact. Let's start with Stefan Diggs. Uh, he leads the NFL in receiving yards, and that's exactly the kind of guy the NFL, the uh, Bills were looking to get a top NFL receiver, uh, a, a true number one, which they did not have last year with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Solid additions last year, but both probably fell into that number two category. Uh, as far as the other players that they've added, uh, I would say now Josh Norman didn't play his first game until Sunday. He had a hamstring issue. And I, I honestly think he was seen more as the veteran backup uh, to Levi Wallace at the cornerback position opposite uh, Tredavious White. He gets in last week after Levi Wallace suffers an injury and makes a huge play, makes a big turnover on a day when the defense was doing a lot of bending. And maybe some could say some a little bit of breaking, but they needed uh, that spark that that turnover caused that he forced that fumble, recovered the fumble, and just showed his veteran presence. So I think you're going to see more of him. Uh, and then Mario Addison and, and some of the other additions, I would say he is the right guy for what they need, but they need more in the way of a pass rush. If you had to identify one area that would be a concern for, the, for a 4-0 team, uh, it, it's that they're probably not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. Has running back Devin Singletary impressed you in year two, Vic? Yeah, Mike, he has. I, I think he's learning more about uh, running with better vision, running with uh, a, a, a greater feel for what he needs to do at that second level and even the third level. Um, I think he's still a guy finding his way. It, it would help probably to have uh, another a consistent back playing for them. Now, Zach Moss was hurt, had that toe injury, the rookie, 
And I think the vision they have, and, and it's a good one, Moss, the power guy, Singletary, the speed guy, and, and getting outside. So I think when you get that balance in there, that complementary uh, running game, you'll, you'll see more of it. But I do think Devin has progressed from his rookie year. Now, there's no question that Josh Allen has had a strong start to the 2020 season. What differences have you noticed in him in his third year with the National Football League? Yeah, Amy, and really, this has been the story of the Buffalo Bills in, in 2020. Josh Allen has taken his game to an incredibly high level, and I'm I'm surprised. I mean, I, I expected the guy to be a better quarterback in year number three. I didn't think he'd be this good this fast in his third year, but he's exceeded a lot of expectations, and it, it starts with the fact that, of course, he has more weaponry with the addition of Diggs. That has helped open things up for the whole receiving core. But it goes beyond that. His poise, his accuracy, his uh, his touch, his feel for throwing the football, all things that were questionable. Uh, he, going right down to his last game of the 2019 season, which, which was that wildcard playoff loss at Houston, where he lost his poise and did a lot in the way of mistakes to help blow a 16-point lead against the Texans. Uh, he's come a long way since then. Uh, running is, is a big component of his game. Some would argue maybe too much, but you haven't seen as much of it more recently than you did uh, in the first game against the Jets. And it's a real threat because he can motor like anybody, great speed uh, for his six foot five frame. But he's also, I think, mastering the accuracy on the long ball. And you saw that 49-yard throw. He dropped that dime to Stefan Diggs, a contested catch. More of those types of passes with accuracy are showing up this year. That's been a big difference, and that is why he's number two behind Dak Prescott in passing yards in the NFL. He's three in passer rating and three in touchdowns in the entire league. Uh, and these aren't just flash numbers. I, I think this is sustainable and I think Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator, has has really harnessed a lot uh, of what we're seeing with Allen. And again, working with uh, receivers that get, I mean, they all get open somehow. If, you, if you're going to worry about digs, okay, there's Cole Beasley. There's uh, John Brown. There's Dawson Knox, the tight end, or Tyler Croft, who was the hero uh, of that game against the Rams. So somebody's usually open, and Allen's finding the guy and uh, making, the, you know, not forcing the throw, but making the, the right throw at the right time. Vic, I know the defense hasn't played overall quite as well as what the Bills had hoped so far in 2020, but who individually has stuck out to you in the first quarter of the season on the Buffalo defense? Yeah, Mike, it, it's not been easy to get a gauge on, on the whole defense because, first of all, it's uh, and I'll answer your question about who stuck, who's stuck out. But in terms of um, injuries, right, you've had Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano uh, hurt. And now Milano, uh, according to uh, Sean McDermott, is week to week uh, with an injury. So they, the, the health has been a, a question mark for sure. Tredavious White, though, is earning, I believe, every bit of the big contract extension he got right before the start of the season. And you'll remember he gave serious consideration to opting out, and that would have posed a, a massive problem for this defense, which is getting some criticism, and, and maybe rightfully so, for too much bending. Um, I also think a factor is Star Latulale, the defensive tackle, opting out. 
that's affected ability to, to play the run effectively. And they should have great concern with Derrick Henry coming up this week uh, and that middle of the defense being a little soft. I still think the biggest problem is just not consistently getting pressure on the quarterback. They gave Derek Carr far too much time uh, to operate uh, this past Sunday in Las Vegas. And it, 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 of course, showed. The results showed. He was making plays, uh, made that game probably closer than it needed to be before those turnovers. And if look, if, if Carr had all of his uh, receivers healthy, all of those targets who weren't in there, Henry Ruggs and so forth, this could have been a, a different game. So they do need to, to get pressure. And they're not a team, uh, Mike, as you know, that they, they don't, Leslie Frazier doesn't do a lot of dialing up of, of blitzes of manufactured pressure. It's not their way, Sean McDermott. They like to play coverage. They like to, to get as much uh, pressure as they can from that defensive line. So, you know, it's up to Jerry Hughes. It's up to Trent Murphy. It's up to Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips to get that interior pressure going. And, and of course, I mentioned um, Mar Mario Addison coming in. And the expectation is that he'll get some heat from the edge. I think he's done a, a nice job, but uh, he needs more help. We've covered a lot of ground in this conversation. So let's just narrow it in for a second. What player are you going to have your eyes on when the Bills take on the Titans? Yeah, I, I'm going to give the, the predictable, cliche, boring answer. I'm sorry, Amy, but it's going to be uh, Josh Allen. He it, it it has to be because every he's he and this offense are driving this engine. He is if, if you take him away, uh, it would be impossible for me to see this team at four and oh. Uh, I'm not saying they couldn't win a game or two of these last four, but they wouldn't be where they are. And and certainly those numbers. How does he stack up against this Mike Vrabel defense? Um, and uh, and, and again, just a, a bigger question to me, too, is how does this play out when you're a team, Buffalo, facing another team that had this unexpected buy uh, that has has had, if there's a benefit from which I know was a, a scary situation for all of you there, uh, and certainly our thoughts are with everybody in that building, uh, but if if the extra rest is a plus, uh, the, the, the less pounding, hey, Buffalo just played a game. Their quarterback, and you want to talk about putting a scare into people when he took the hit or hit the ground hard and his left shoulder uh, was injured and he was wearing a bit of a harness on that left shoulder. It's not it's his non-throwing shoulder. Um, and he felt that that was why it was maybe less of a concern for him. But it's still an injury. Right. And uh, and I mentioned uh, Matt Milano and I mentioned uh, Levi Wallace uh, being hurt the other corner. So. Look, they play. They just played a game. They're turning around to play another one. The the Titans have had again. It's not a situation they wanted to have a benefit, but if rest means anything, you know that that's something to watch for me too. That's Vic Carucci from the Buffalo News and Sirius XM NFL Radio. Amy Wells, great to visit with him and and a chance to talk to a legendary figure. Absolutely, he. Uh... He clearly knows his stuff. I mean, that man knows the Buffalo Bills. It's great. We had a blast. And we're going to see the Buffalo Bills Tuesday night. We're excited. Uh, we're going to have Titans football again. Five o'clock airtime for Titans countdown. We will have the Mike Vrabel radio show on Monday night. Monday night at 6 o'clock Central Time on 104.5 The Zone and all Titans radio affiliates. Coach Dave McGinnis will sit in for Coach Mike Vrabel on that show. 
And if you're interested, the Mike Vrabel TV show, which normally airs on WKRN in Nashville, Channel 2, Tuesdays at 6.30, is being moved to Wednesday at 6.30. So we will have a chance to review the game. And uh, thanks to our good friends at uh, WKRN Channel 2 for being flexible enough to allow us to move it with only the second Tuesday night game in modern NFL history, only the third of all time. You're part of history again, Amy Wells. I feel like every day I'm a part of history, Mike. Look at you. You know, there's always something going on. Very excited to be playing on Tuesday night football. Here we go. Undefeated, 3-0 Tennessee, 4-0 Buffalo, and back to ball. And that's all any of us have wanted with all of the, the different situations that have arisen out of this with the Titans. I think all Titans fans everywhere can agree on one thing, and that is, man, do we want to see some football on Tuesday at 6 Central. Absolutely. Absolutely indeed. Thanks to Farm Bureau Health Plans for their sponsorship of this, the official Titans podcast for Amy Wells. Mike Keith says thanks for listening to the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.